I'm Ashley Aiken. And I'm Chris Cerna. The wedding industry has unintentionally perpetuated a culture of chasing perfection at the cost of your relationships and mental peace. We know this because we've spent a combined 16 years photographing weddings. Together, we dive into the silent struggles of the modern engaged couple, like you. Our goal is to empower you to pop that perfection bubble, embark on the journey of self-awareness, forge your own wedding planning path, and and ultimately ultimately cultivate cultivate a healthy healthy and and thriving marriage. marriage. What is up, listeners? How's everyone Hello. doing out there? Oh, I'm sure they're doing great. <laughs> yeah, I was. I waited for a response, but there's not going to be any sort of response. No, not so at all. They are doing okay. How are you doing? I know you have been doing some intense editing. Yeah, it's been a wild few days. I haven't had to be in like an editing cave like this in a while. But we had three weddings to edit and deliver this week, which is much more than normal. And so... I'm just ready to not stare at my computer for any any little eyeball break. <laughs> how much? Because this was like a couple days ago. What was your what, like? How long were you sitting in front of the computer? Wasn't it like 16 hours or something? Uh, it's it's been an absolutely ungodly amount. Yes, a couple of days ago, yeah. I got up at like 7:30, and I don't think I was able to end until like 11 or 12 oh, or it might have been even one i can't i can't remember but it was it was a, i posted about it it was like 15 hours that i had been up and editing it was crazy but yesterday was a little bit better and then you know fingers crossed today today is like i'm just i'm putting a little bow on everything today yeah so i'm pretty excited to be able to take a break in the next couple of days it's just Where's my blue light glasses is kind of how I feel. And like waking up before the sun is the best time to edit because nobody's bothering you. It's just chill. I get that. I feel that. Do you feel like, so last year I remember feeling very accomplished when I edited three weddings in one week, but that was like a, that was like a five day period. And the other day you were like, yeah, I'm going to knock out two weddings in a day. I know I can do it. And I was like, I cannot imagine like I, <laughs> I yeah, partially dude. part of it honestly is because I need a faster computer. It's not a bad computer, but I can move faster with my hotkeys than my computer can respond. Right, same. Well, especially I don't know if you know, like Lightroom got a new update recently that's just made it run so yes. slow. Yes, I know it's it's this la- this last one, and it's just been <sighs> terrible because I'm like copy paste. Uh, you know, copy paste preset. And it's like, I'm trying to do all these things or, you know, I've just this year too, I knew I've been meaning to do it, but I learned all my hotkeys for like the gradients and for um, like using the different brushes and stuff like that. So I literally don't have to go click anything. I just yeah. use my hotkeys. So I definitely can move faster than my computer keeps up with it. And if it could keep up with me, I would be able to edit so much faster. Yeah, honestly, I don't even know if it's a computer issue at this point because of Lightroom. Everybody is complaining about it. Why? It is. You copy and then you paste and then you just like stare at it for a minute and wait for it to catch up. I know you know what I told you to to do. So So how do you feel like that affects your mental health when you just go on like these 16 hour editing, you know, binges? It's awful. Like, thank goodness. Like I talked about last week or last like whenever we recorded last Justin's been cooking so at least the cooking is taken care of because prior to him switching and cooking 
I would not eat. Like we would have a box of little Debbies in the house oh, no. and like keep them out, but we would have them and I would eat the whole box as my like sugar and like energy source. Yeah. And then the next few days I would absolutely crash. So this was a little better because I was at least like nourishing my body, but With good food. I just, yeah, I just feel like I can't, I, I can't like go work out. I feel like I can't do anything for myself yeah. whenever I'm on these like little binges. So, um, yeah, I, I, I miss the joy of life. I think is like just the worst part mentally whenever I'm not able to give to myself because I'm yeah. so focused on something else and yeah, there's no like self care occurring. And so then I feel like I'm more irritable. I lash out on Justin more easily. Oh, dude, I get that. I, yeah, mm -hmm. you, you, the word cave, like going in an editing cave is very, I think that's a great way to describe it because when you come out of it, it's like, you know, like if you've ever seen, like when people go to Vegas and they get there at night and then they walk out, it's daytime and their eyes are like, Oh, it's so bright. That's kind of like what it's like. It's like you're, um, reentering the world and you like have to get back and, but I get that too. Cause I feel, I get a little snappy. When yeah. I've been sitting in front of the computer. Poor spouses. They're amazing for dealing with us. They are. But then there's like, so that's from like a photography, videography standpoint. But I mean, I think that mental health problem even exists with people who aren't, don't go into caves, you know, like oh yeah, it, with, with our listeners, like how are they planning a wedding yeah. in the midst of also like working, being a family, mm -hmm. having a good spouse, like being a good spouse spouse to be whichever you are and then also trying to like cook and take care of yourself like it's a lot to like adulting juggle. There's so much to adulting man i know don't you miss like when we were just like the the biggest problem in our life was getting up to go to school and then literally once you yes. get there your whole day is planned out I yes that. i freaking i went shopping with my mom this weekend and we were looking for a dress we have a family member's wedding to go to and she asked me when we passed this old street where I used to hang out and spend my like early 20s, like late teens, early 20s. And it, we, it was on Arapahoe near the um, old mall. And we were passing it and she was like, remember when you used to hang out over there? And I was like, yes. And she was like, would you say that was like the best time of your life? And I was like, absolutely. <laughs> Granted, I don't have kids Driving. yet, but... There's zero responsibilities and like all we did was party and like hang out and if you weren't working you just went over to this house and it was just like 10 people were there constantly to like be around. Oh yeah, God. man. That sounds amazing. Let's just that go back. So, so pre-adulting. So we could, this will be really interesting but you and I share a mutual love for like emo music and and stuff <gasps> like that. So I actually heard I was I had coffee with my friend the other day and um I don't know how we started getting, we got on this topic, but he was saying that basically um, you're super impressionable at a pretty young and early age and how your music preferences are, are literally they're locked in from like the age of like 14 to 20. So whatever you listen to during those times is what you listen to for the rest of your life. I'm, t I'm writing this down. Like, this is it, do you agree? Like what you listen to between those is what you still listen to and those like genres and, things that sound like that 100 emo music has not been a thing that has really been created in the mainstream right. world of any kind like it hasn't existed and it is still something that i am like if i need to be happy and hype i am I turning know. on some taking back sunday 
Yeah, I'm doing the same thing. I'm doing the same yeah. thing. Like I've been sending you those emos not dead videos with Matt Cutchell. If you're someone who likes yeah. emo emo music, you need to go follow his YouTube um, or just look up emos not dead and you'll see these videos. But I'm definitely going to buy one of those hoodies that he's got. Uh, <gasps> I literally, yes. The end of the video, I was like, ooh, will Justin be mad at me for buying one of these? Yeah. <laughs> I'm waiting for my stimulus check to get in and I'm ordering one. Um, oh my gosh. <laughs> but yeah, I'm the same way. Like whenever I need to get hype or I'm editing, I'm like, all right, I need to get pumped. Let me, what's something I can, I can put on. And, and so it's always, it's always music from that genre. So anyways, <sighs> that's, was just such a simpler time. And it just reminds you when you listen to it, like the nostalgia of like listening to old things and it brings you back to a simpler, more happy time. So. Yes, I would 100% agree with that. It, it's good. It's good. So, um, so here's something that you'll be proud of me about. This isn't what I was originally going to share. I have two things to share. So I recently, I post lots of controversial things on my Facebook page. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of times they have to do with religion and stuff like that. Uh, just because of my background and, and being a pastor and stepping out of that. And, and so I just I have a lot of issues with organized religion. Right. And so I have a buddy of mine who is... I've known him since we were teenagers. We were both in the same youth group. Uh, he ended up moving up here to Kansas to work for a church, and I ended up moving up here working for the same church. Anyways, we've gone just very, down very different paths ever since I stopped working for the church. And so, not and but we've still remained friends. Um, but we had a little tiff on Facebook, and so we ended up getting together to meet in person to have a conversation about it. What? Uh, yes, and so I stepped in to a confrontational, like not confrontational, but there was going to be confrontation about things that were said. And we stepped into it and I stood my ground at one point. He, cause he had asked me, he said, uh, this was in a text message. He's like, do you think I'm closed minded? And like a nine, what are they going to say? Uh, no, I don't, I don't think that. But I told them, yes, fill in the blank name. I do believe you are closed minded. Here's what the definition is. I believe you fit that definition. So anyways. And you're like, I'm not trying to be an asshole. I'm yeah. not so, trying to so be an asshole. So we, then we got into the meeting and, and I brought that back up again. I said, hey, I just want you to know here's why I felt this way. And so we talked about it and we shared about it. He shared some things about he felt how people are perceiving me and the perception that I get out, give off. And I was able to tell him, Hey, here's how I perceive you and the things that you say. And so it was just a very honest conversation, but we walked away, um, in a good place. So it was not easy to step into. Um, but I knew like, okay, I need to do this. So I thought you'd be proud. I am very proud. I'm very (laughs) stunned. Yeah. I am super stunned. And for those listening, Chris poses all of these questions on his Facebook. Like he'll like have a a thought and he'll pose it for his Facebook status. And I live for these Facebook status. They're normally filled with lots of, lots of (laughs) anger, lots of agreeing, lots of disagreeing. I mean, it's just, I think think people see them now. And if there's an image attached to a photo, like a stock photo of something that has to do with the topic, people are like diving in because they'll just, oh yeah. Yeah, people people go ham. But in this time where people are so divisive, I think that your posts posing questions that are just like honest questions and people really generally from what I see have really great discussions in these threads. And it 
challenges people and it stretches people and like you included like even though oh, you're the sure. one posing the question like they are stretching you with their knowledge and you're stretching them with yours hopefully and it's allowing you guys in such a culture that we're in where people are so apprehensive to talk about the way that they view things that like it doesn't always have to be a scary thing and we can disagree and still be friends and like the thing is with you and these posts you're very strong in your faith like you're very strong that is not that like that part's unwavering it's just but i also question stuff too organized religion level yeah that's where it's interesting it's an interesting place to be so i share that you know uh i'm i'm really happy my friend was also able to just look at me and go hey chris like here are some things that you need to be aware of and to kind of point out some blind spots in my life that, you know, I, I, I've been thinking about them for the last, I think we, we had coffee two days ago. So for the last two days I've been thinking about them and just like processing and, and going, man, you know what? He's right. And I probably need to reevaluate this. So it was very much a, a beneficial conversation for both of us where we were able to look at shortcomings that we both have and ultimately strengthen our friendship and our relationship, which is good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those are the conversations that are needed, like the vulnerable conversations where you're kind of like unearthing things. Yeah. And then you're also stuck in an echo chamber. And I mean, being self-aware and sometimes that means like your spouse, your significant other, your friend coming to you and saying something where they perceive it. And Mm -hmm. you're when you respect them, you're like, okay, I need to actually look at this and take this like seriously what they're saying. And maybe there is some truth to it because it's never easy. 100 percent. 100 percent. That's definitely wow. how I feel. So anyway, I wanted, I was like, oh, I need to share that with Ashley because yeah. stepping in and stepping out. To, yep. Yep. So that's, that's kind of what's going on there. The other thing is I uh, had a beer the other day. So <gasps> I, you broke your yeah, January I broke my, dryness. my dry January. So here's oh. why though. I went and I met with a couple and I always give my couples the options to like, if we're meeting for the first time, um, I still like to do that in person. I know that I will probably get to a point to where I just can't because there's so many, but I still, I'm not at that point yet. So I still do it. Um, and so we'll go have, uh, either a beer or coffee. And so I'm always secretly super hyped when a couple's like, let's have a beer. And I'm like, yes, my people. So we went there and I, I had mentioned that, um, I wasn't drinking and then we got there and they had $2 specials on like all of their, all of their like flagship beers. And I was like, I can't not so i did it I and i didn't really even enjoy it they didn't it wasn't even that oh good. no that was the downside yeah so man I'll, yeah I'm, we're hanging out with some friends on friday i'll probably have a beer then that i have i mean it's That's a fine. can then so but anyways i was like it's two fine. two weeks two and a half weeks Things that's good happen. right <laughs> I mean, that's two and a half weeks that you weren't putting alcohol into your system, which some some would say it's poison. Exactly. So, I mean, that's two weeks that your body got to be like, let's, let's detox a little bit. Yeah. Larry and I were talking then. we're like, you know, we probably just like, just for the sake of having for our health, I'm 30 now. I need to start paying attention to this stuff. I'm probably just needing to limit myself to like one day a week drinking like a max of two beers, something like that. Because those craft beers are pretty, they're pretty carby. Well, yeah, but if it's something that you enjoy also, you got to like weigh that and don't rid yourself of something that you enjoy if you're not, you know, Yeah. all the things, all the things, all the things. So today, so we're going to transition. I don't know. Very cool. That's probably. No, I I mean, it was good. It was good to have a beer, even though it wasn't my favorite beer. It was like, 
it was still good to have. And it was with your couple and it's a way that you like to bond with people. So yes, it is. It is. So today we are going to be talking about um, something that we believe is one of the biggest mental health struggles for couples who are planning their weddings. Ashley, what are we talking about today? The comparison trap. The comparison trap. The comparison trap. It's something that, that we're thing. all so familiar with. I know. Even if I feel like you haven't put a name to it, you know You've that experienced we're people. Oh yeah. People, yeah. you know, on your timeline are like, Hey, I've gotten off social media for a month because I found myself comparing my life to other people's highlight reels that they share. Have you and ever so- done that? Have you ever taken a break from social media? No, but I wish if I didn't have this business, I would have. Right. Yeah. Don't you feel like it's because Lara says the same thing all the time. She's like, you know, you should really just take a break. And I'm like, I know, but the algorithm and the this Mm -hmm. and the my following and I have to keep Mm -hmm. showing up in my feed and all of this stuff. So, Oh, yeah. Especially after the social dilemma. Yes. Watch that. Yeah, Yeah. If you guys have not watched the social dilemma, you need to watch it. It's going to it's it's an eye opener for sure. Oh, so, for sure. So today we're talking about the comparison trap. And do you want to define that or do you want me to define that? I can define that. Okay. You can define the comparison trap. I what can is define it? The, so the comparison trap is the, it's essentially a habit. You fall into this trap where you compare or measure your life to the life of other people. And you've just fallen this hole of being like, what is my life versus their life? Right. And a lot of these things are like unattainable or it's a measure that shouldn't be occurring because let's say you compare your life to Zac Efron's life. Like, Anyways, you fall into this hole that can sometimes lead to depression and it's really hard to climb out of. Yeah. Do you, speaking of Zac Efron, we're going to, we're going <laughs> to, so I used to not like him and then I watched him in a Netflix. Well, yeah, he's like, oh, look at that douchey dude over mm. there just doing his Washboard judgy. apps things. Yeah, Judgy, Judgy McJudgerson is what I was doing. But then then did you watch him? He had a Netflix show come out that he was like traveling the world and Yeah. Uh, I haven't watched things. it, but I heard it's great. It's really good. It really humanized him for me. He seems like a super down to earth guy. I shouldn't have I, that's why you shouldn't judge people. No. He's really, really I mean, that's another freaking point. Don't judge a book by its cover yeah. or what you see perceived on social media because really right sit down, have a conversation with a person or watch a Netflix documentary. I mean, Justin used to hate Taylor Swift until he watched Taylor Swift's documentary on Netflix yeah. and he is like, she's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I felt the same way about Taylor Swift. Maybe I'm just a really judgmental person. Did you watch her documentary? Yeah, Larry and I watched it. We enjoyed it. It's great. It's really good. And it also made me appreciate her two latest albums that she released yeah. even more. So yes. I'm digging those things. Um, yeah, she is amazing. So anyways, as far as... <laughs> Anyways, comparing goes. Yeah. So, so I think some like practical and normally I feel like comparing still happened before the age of social media. I just feel like it probably wasn't as in our face as often as it is now since we have social media at our fingertips. So true. But like, I think some common examples of the comparison trap just in your personal life could be. You, you know, maybe you have an acquaintance or someone that you went to high school with that you follow and they go, you know, they go on vacations and then you're noticing this. And at first you're like, oh, look, they're at the Grand Canyon. That's how fun. Oh, wait a minute. Like it literally it's a month later and now they're in Kansas City for just a day trip. Like they're taking all these road trips and then you just start to compare and you're like, we never go on any road trips and they have three kids and they still have time to get away mm-hmm. and do this or 
Or what the heck? I thought, you know, this person's planning a wedding and, and they're off, you know, doing all these fun things and I'm here stuck here. So you just look at other people's lives and you and you begin to compare yours, your life to their life. It could be they got a new car, they got a new promotion, and you're still at the same job that you've had for five years and you feel underappreciated and this person got a promotion and, you know, you deserve one. Would you agree that that's kind of like what the compare? Bleh what the comparison comparison trap trap is. is. Yeah. In like most lives. Yeah, completely. And if you go back to just the human brain and how comparison has kind of became something that the brain has started to do, I mean, since the age of cavemen, it's been a healthy thing to a certain degree because it can motivate you and make you enthusiastic about the possibilities that are at your fingertips or, you know, healthy competition, for example, can kind of be, um, it can derive from comparing. And so from a, from like a very like mental perspective at the very core of comparing can be a very healthy thing. However, in the age of social media, especially we're comparing ourselves to, I mean, the average person, this is, I'm Ugh. pulling this out of my ass, but the average person has like a thousand friends on Facebook. I think I have like two or 3,000 friends on Facebook wow, from like so work cool. connections. I'm just it's kidding. It's work. It's work. I know, I know. But I mean, right? But like yeah. Justin probably has like 500 to 1,000 friends where like I have a lot more. But regardless, that's a ton of people. And if yeah. you think back from a mental standpoint to even 50 years ago, you would connect and stay connected to. I don't know, 20, 30 yeah, people. Maybe, I don't know max, how many people max. that would be. They right? say, they say the average person, uh, I'm not pulling this out of my ass, uh, <laughs> but they say the average person from a leadership can, perspective can like a very good top notch leader, like best of the best can influence, uh, like six people like at most, it. at most. And so you look at that and it's just like, I think the way that we uh, maybe weigh or place importance on, or, or maybe we just think we can have more friends than we really do because of social media. Um, but yeah, you're right. Like, you know, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, you're just connected to the people that you see, so yeah, that you work with, maybe that you go to school with. That, or that's you'd it. make intentional phone calls to catch up with people. Mm-hmm. Or like maybe back then you would see a news article, like on a, in a newspaper. And it was somebody that you used to know and they are running for Congress. I don't know. And you're you're like, like, wow, you go Glenn Coco. Exactly. You're like, cool. Like I, like you're kind of an acquaintance. I barely know. But right now you've got a thousand people that you're scrolling through your newsfeed and you're like, wow, look at what they just did. Look at what they just did. And then look at my measly life here sitting at home, Mm -hmm. scrolling on social media. That's what the comparison trap is. Exactly. Do you feel like sometimes when you haven't seen someone in a while and you see them, you like go and pull from your brain the last thing that you know about them that you saw on social media? You're like, hey, hey, oh, it's good to see you. Like, hey, I saw that you guys just started a new podcast. I had someone tell me that the other day. Like, oh, congrats on the new podcast that you're starting and and that kind of thing. And I hadn't talked to this person uh, at least in a year. And so it's just, and I've done the same thing to where I'm like, oh, hey, I saw that you guys did, you know, you started a hot sauce company. That's one of my friends. And so it, it's just so interesting that that's where our mind goes, that we can feel connected to someone without actually being connected to them, like right, on a regular basis. That. that takes out the 
spontaneity of conversations mm-hmm. and the ability to kind of like bond over shared experience or yeah or like you sharing an experience with someone like maybe you wanted to tell someone something in person but then they saw it on social media and so you're kind of robbed of that like initial reaction you know exactly. type of thing now we're going exactly. down a whole social media rabbit trail and i do know we're going to have a social media episode one day oh but yeah well it's super social prevalent. media it's kind of hard to have this comparison trap conversation without getting into social media exactly. a little bit because it's people are and you use this phrase uh, earlier when we were kind of discussing the episode, but the highlight reel, like social media is is people placing their best highlights forward for us to see. Yep. And, and that's kind of what that is. Yeah, they're sharing the most flattering news about themselves. The most flattering selfie that's, out I mean, of that's it. They're not... 20 or 30, you yes. know, like yes, all of that stuff. Yeah. So I have... It's kind of shifting a little bit more to weddings right now. Like when Lara and I first got married, um, we there was this period where I think we got married when we were how old was I? It's twenty thirteen. So I was twenty three, and all of our friends were. There were a few of our friends, not all of them, a few of them that were getting married around the same time that we were. So we attended I think three or four weddings before we actually got married, and attending. And we had also attended weddings when we weren't engaged um and there was a difference like when we got engaged to how we started to um essentially judge the weddings that we were going to now since we were planning our wedding it was kind of this whole thing like oh well i can't believe that they chose that or i can't believe that they did this or oh my gosh they had this caterer oh they would be so amazing if we could get this caterer like we just started to view weddings differently and and we started to compare like oh well they had you know um you know they hired this photographer and and that's really out of our budget like that was a real thing and so we ended up hiring someone else who by the way did amazing but but that was something that especially me as a photographer struggled with for a while is like oh i really you know they just hired this person and and they did such a good job and i really wish we could hire that and so then it went from like this happiness that i was feeling to starting to feel envy and jealousy and and it started to affect my mental health and and you know same thing for lara um and then we thought like okay we're married now that's going to go away that's not going to be a thing anymore but it it didn't go away because then we compared our wedding to all of the weddings that we attended after that like oh man this reception sucks ours was so much better and and let me go ahead and say like we don't do that with our couples this is more so like with our friends like the people that were attending their weddings that we're purely attending as guests because we're sitting there and we're waiting and we're like wow we've been waiting here for dinner to start for two hours i would we, we didn't do that to our people and that kind of thing and so you think it's going to go away and then it it doesn't or maybe we're just horrible people. I don't I know. I think no, I think you're correct. I think it almost gets worse afterwards. I think beforehand social media, well, social media can play a part in it before and after, but I think beforehand social media plays a part in the in comparing because you see somebody who just did something and you're like, "Oh crap, I didn't pick that color or I didn't pick those flowers." I think that social media can be hard before, but I think afterwards going to a wedding after you've gotten married is where you start to really fall into this like negative thought loop about, yeah. Oh my gosh. Like, look how pretty this is. Why didn't we get married here? Or then seeing their pictures and being like, I like their pictures so much better than I like my pictures. And like, those are really terrible thought spirals to go down because how do you pull yourself out of it once you've kind of started? Yeah. And then you don't want to have that negative feeling towards your memories or your pictures. And so I think you have to like figure out how to, take 
control of that dialogue, inner dialogue while it's happening. And that's tough to do because maybe when you initially saw your wedding photos, you're like, oh my gosh, I love these. They're the best. Mm -hmm. Like, and you did love them and you loved your venue, but then you saw this other venue in these other photos and you do have those thoughts. Like it's kind of hard to shift. Like you were saying, like I've experienced these emotions. I felt them now. Now they're real. What do I do with them now that they've happened? Right. And you can't blame people for going that route. I mean, cause it's, it's your mind. It's where you go because you know, you want the best for yourself and you have this sense of envy and like nobody teaches you. I mean, that's not true. Some people's parents might be really good at teaching how to like handle envy and handle jealousy, but a lot of people aren't equipped with those things in their toolbox when they're young. And so trying to navigate and figure out coping mechanisms that work for you solo and navigating that while life is actually like unfolding in front of you can be really hard and detrimental. And then you fall into this trap of comparison and then it potentially leads to like depression. And so it's scary. It is scary. It's, it's, it's not easy. So I have have a question for you. So how would you say like with you and Lara, when you guys got married, how would you say that you guys have, especially being in the wedding world, and like being exposed to so many, what's helped you guys kind of like combat those negative emotions? Like to, so that we're not feeling them. Yeah. Like how do you, cause I know it's, I mean, how, how many yeah. years has it been? Well, Six, so seven? yeah, seven years. So it's been seven years. And I think honestly, here's what changed for us because I think we still felt now every now and then we'll go to a wedding and we'll just kind of bring it up. Like, Oh, it, it, it sh- there, there came a point after time passed to where it shifted to where going to a wedding caused us to remember our wedding fondly um, and start to like reminisce like, oh, we did this and remember we did this and mm. we didn't have a cake, we did ice cream. And one of the biggest things that we do go back to a lot, especially when we do first looks with our couples is that, you know, back in 2013, um, even though that doesn't seem like it's that long ago, I don't feel like first looks were as common as they are now um, because our photographer, I mean, didn't even bring it up. That's not something that we even talked about. We didn't even know that was an option. Mm-hmm. And so we do regret not having that because it's like we didn't get this moment alone. The rest of the day was just so, so, so fast. But we also try not to camp out there because yeah, we know it will affect us negatively. But there came a point where we realized what we were doing and we we're like, wow, we are literally comparing and this isn't fair to these people. This isn't fair to us and our big day. This isn't fair to our story. Like it's just going to put us in a negative headspace. So it started with us kind of becoming aware of where we were. And then once we had kids, it just kind of shifted. It's like, not that we don't care about our wedding day, but it's like our priorities shifted. Like that wasn't the most important thing in front of us at that moment anymore. And so we kind of gradually after becoming aware of it, there were all of these other things, but that doesn't mean comparison still didn't happen. Like the comparison just shifted from wedding to, um, and Lara actually hopped off of social media because now she hasn't shared specifics with me, but I know she told me like, I was really wrestling with comparing my life to other people's lives. Uh, well actually, no, that's not true. She mentioned vacations and like, you know, going and doing all these things. And I'm pretty sure there were other things maybe personally, like, you know, not comparing herself to, you know, with looks and stuff like that. Like there's a lot of different things that can kind of go into that. So I don't know that it ever goes away. It just shifts, you know, maybe it's, it's weddings, and one season and then it's whatever season you're in it's that well and this is potentially tangential but 
let's say it's you made a point about you know like you don't you still care about your wedding but you had kids and kind of your did you say your like your priorities shift yeah and so thinking of in that mindset you hear a lot people say this is going to be your best day ever oh man and i think that is such a phrase i want to drop like i just want to get rid of this like ever it's dude or maybe it's like maybe it's the word i don't know bet because i think my wedding was the best my best day but i know that 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 that, that's a lot of pressure like having these uh koozies that say best day ever ever. and like what if you are at your reception and you're like i thought this was supposed to be like i've had many this is really sad i've had many brides say to me that they're like isn't this supposed to be like the best day of my life or isn't this supposed to be so much fun and like the fact that people confide that in me on their wedding day makes me so like i just want to like cry for them and i think a lot of it is dimming at this idea that everybody shares that it's the best day ever and it's gonna be your best day ever or people even sharing their highlight reels from that day too i mean this goes back to the comparison I love the the ground that you're on and the path that you're walking down right now with this because this is true. Like those words, best, uh, most special, you know, all of those like very descriptive words, those mean something different to everyone. Like I could say, oh, I ate the best pasta today. And you could say I had the best pasta today, but we're approaching that from completely different angles. And this is why I think, and we're going to literally guys, you should probably just get used to this, that, that everything, so many things are going to come back to the wedding. Why? Because the wedding, why allows you to kind of define what your best day is. Like we talked about that a little bit. Like what is your wedding win? Where some people might go into their wedding day and they don't know what the win is. And so then they're like, well, I thought this was supposed to be the best day, but they didn't define what that was for them. So then they don't, they don't know what it's supposed to feel like. No. And you see somebody saying this is my best day ever and their best day is different than your best day. And so if they're like partying it up and everybody is doing line dances, but your group doesn't line dance and you don't line dance. Like, so you can't measure somebody else's best day and like compare it against yours. And I think that that's a really good point, Chris. I think defining your wedding, why could really help to keep that from happening. And even though this, I feel like this tangent on best day ever is a little different than kind of like the comparison trap. I think though that you kind of are going into it with expectations that lead mm-hmm. you to then fall into this like trap of comparison because your expectations yeah. aren't defined. So it's almost like it makes you more more vulnerable to giving into or finding yourself in a position to where you are comparing. Yeah. And like, why can't, let's just switch it to best day yet. Like maybe it's your, and I don't know, best is even hard. Ah. It's like if somebody sits there and says to me, like, you are going to have the absolute time of your life on this cruise, you're, you, nothing, nothing will ever be top it. it. Yeah. Instantly, I'm like, I doubt you because (laughs) how do you know that? And this is like this absolute, like nothing will ever top it. There is no, there's no room, like wiggle room in best there. So I'm like, am I actually going to have a good time? And so, like, why can't it be, like... The most memorable day. It's going to be one of of your favorite days. Yeah. Yes. One of your favorite. I like that. 
one of your most favorite, one of the most memorable, um, one of the most special. Like it, it that person that personalizes it like memorable, special. Well, you said one too. Yeah, I, I favorite like one of your favorite might have yeah, been. Yeah, and I those said. are all those are all like very personal and not as subjective because they're they're like you and how you feel about it. Yeah, so what I do think, you want it to be? Like, yeah. do you want it to be the most special? Do you want it to be the most fun? Like, because that's measurable. Where like best day is not measurable, mm-hmm. and I just think it can just lead you to be like disappointment. Which, again. I feel like I'm a little on a tangent. I'm not 100% certain. I feel like this plays into comparison. I feel like it plays into it. Uh, Yeah. No, I agree. I do agree. Um, Social media has made it really, really, really difficult. And now we're not social media haters. We both utilize social media. We see it has its value. But just like anything else, like it can be used for good or it can have good benefits or bad benefits. Uh, Water, while we need it, too much water in your body and drinking it could be a bad thing. You can actually mm-hmm. die from it. Mm-hmm. So I think social media is one of these same things to where uh, you had shared something earlier with me off air that we were talking about how social media um, and like giving into comparison and living in this state of comparison can can actually kind of lead to depression and getting to this place to where you are kind of in a dark hole because you're constantly uh, comparing your life to other people's highlight reels yeah there's actually a quote and it's on this psychology today article and we'll post it in the show notes but this particular quote is from i'm gonna butcher the name mitch prinstein who's a psychologist at the university of north carolina he's also the author of a book called popular the power of likability in a status obsessed world which honestly i'm pinning that and i think i'm gonna get it on audible (laughs) Sounds like a pretty good book doesn't it likability in a status obsessed world like give me that so it says when we're reliant on others for our sense of self only feeling good if we get positive feedback or markers of status we're at risk for depression and so if you're here in this wedding world and you're constantly looking and relying on how other people are perceiving your event and you're only going to feel good about it if you get 600 likes on this post because your friend got 600 likes on their post and why are you only getting 200 you run yourself risk of being depressed because it's this like it's kind it's unattained it's you don't have control over yeah. what other how other people pursue perceive your day and so all you can control is that wedding why and was it a win mm-hmm. that's so true you 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 said some things that kind of triggered a thought in me that i think it probably would have been beneficial to start this conversation off with this, but we're just going to toss it in here now. I don't think that people knowingly enter into the, like they don't know what they're doing. It's not like you have this thing that goes, Ooh, let me compare. It's just kind of subconsciously this place that you kind of find yourself in. And, and so I also know that it, there are topics like this, like um, anxiety, the comparison trap, depression, that, it, it can be hard to admit that that's where you're at. Like there's something about the comparison trap that can feel maybe to some people shameful, like, mm. oh, I'm in this place and, and, or almost like, well, I'm not there. I don't, I don't wrestle with that. I don't struggle with that. But I think with topics like mental health and surrounding mental health, we have to be willing 
to enter into honest thoughts of ourselves and like where we're at and where we really are. Because if we never assess where we really are, we can't go to where we want to be. And so there has to be this level of honesty that we experience when it comes to the comparison trap to go, as maybe juvenile as this might feel, yes, I do struggle with this. And there's no shame in that. There should be no shame in that. I... I'm obsessed with that quote. I literally just wrote it down. If we never assess where we are, do you remember what this? I don't even remember what I said. (laughs) I don't either, but I put down. I put down the. I think I said something like, "If if we earnest, yeah, okay, I'll go back and look at it." I I think it was something good. If we don't ever assess where we are, we can't ever get to where we want to go. Right. Right. Yeah. No, you're you're right, and it's that self awareness that's really hard for a lot of people, like. It's hard to accept the flaws in yourself. It's hard to believe that you're judgmental, let's say. I mean, that's never something that you want to swallow. And you also don't want to swallow that maybe I am comparing myself to somebody else. And like as, what word is that? Like a surface level? As surface level as that can feel that you care about material things or these intangible metrics it it can feel shameful i think it's it's hard it's, this is another little tangent but my i was pl- at christmas i was playing a game and it's like who's most likely to or like some game like that where you yeah. vote everybody votes who is what and everyone unanimously voted on this one particular card that i was going to get this card and it was like dictates entire life on social media and like i took so much personal offense to this oh, statement and no. one of us needed it and it made the most sense for it to go to me given my job but yeah. i took so much like personal offense and shame out of people potentially perceiving that i care mm-hmm. what other people think or that i care that like it just kind of felt like superficial did you superficial. feel exposed did you feel like exposed in a way or I felt or vulnerable. I don't. I don't it, know. If it was kind of word. vulnerable. I don't know that it was exposed because it was more like that's not how I really feel inside. But, but it out kind of, of makes everyone me there, that everyone else thinks that, and out of everyone okay. there, that I'm the one that kind of because it was such a superficial card. And so maybe also the reason that I bring that up is this idea of comparison trap can almost feel like if you're admitting that you are susceptible to the comparison trap that it's a superficial thing to think and we don't want to be superficial. Right. You know, like That's, you don't want to admit that you care about the superficial things. And it might be that society has deemed people and, and has said judgmental, bad, superficial, bad, all of these things are bad. And so when we find ourselves identifying with or experiencing these things, we can then go, well, that must make me bad. And I'm no, I'm not yes. bad. So let me just yes. not even acknowledge this or even exactly. deal. Exactly. So if you go in denial, then it's almost like it's not, it's not happening, but part of being able to climb out of that or to be able to feel good because we all want to feel good. You kind of have to be, you don't kind of, I do believe you have to be aware that this is something that you're struggling with at the moment. And until you're aware of it, like Chris said, you can't really get where you want to go. And when it comes to your wedding day, like if this is a place that you constantly find yourself in, it's going to be very hard for you to appreciate your wedding day when it comes because imagine, I mean, think about this, like 
we we do things that set neuropathways in our minds like they carve them out like they are deeply ingrained into so one of the i'll give you an example of one of these that it's not something that i set out to do but it's deeply ingrained in me and because it's deeply ingrained in me now it's deeply ingrained in my kids and we're trying to basically not use those neuropathways anymore don't travel those we're going to carve out some new ones but it, it takes time um so for us like growing up um my family always ate and watch TV at the same time. Mm-hmm. Larry's family did not, uh, but we did. And so I have a bad habit of wanting to watch a show while I'm eating. Mm-hmm. Now that's bad for so many reasons, partially because I can associate entertainment with food eating and then it triggers like, oh, I'm watching a show, must be time to eat, or I'm eating and then I go, oh, I'm eating, I must need to watch a show. So anyways, those things are deeply ingrained in me. Now imagine that you are deeply ingraining comparing what your day is going to be to your wedding day. And if you continue to do this on your wedding day, what are you going to do? You're probably going to find yourself in this place to where you're comparing or scrutinizing your special day because you've carved out these neural pathways in your mind that it's just like, boom, it just does there. You don't have to think about trying to make a connection. Your brain just does that. I haven't even thought about like you're comparing your own wedding day to your own wedding day. Kind yeah. of. Yeah. Which that's like it took my me a second to wrap my head around that, but it's like mate it's not Matrix. What do they say? What's that one movie? Uh Inception. Inception. Yeah. Yeah. It really is. You have you believe your wedding is going to be this way. Like you almost like manifest it in your mind mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden your wedding day comes and it's not lining up to what you've like obsessed over and then now you're bummed. I I so did that. Like that part. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. I one hundred percent envisioned my like reception in particular which granted right. i had a reception with masks on yeah. and so it was different but i've always it pictured my reception being like a huge dance fest like both justin and i love to dance and although we did yeah everybody didn't and i know that i pictured in my mind that that would be different plus masks but right i definitely struggled with that afterwards or not i wouldn't say so much afterwards i struggled with that the night of i'm like oh not everybody like a lot of people are talking but like you can't control what other people are doing and Mm -hmm. it can be mentally devastating that i had kind of like conjured up what i believed other people should be doing on my reception day and i can't control what they're doing i can't control that outcome and then i was kind of bummed out that it didn't play out the way that my mental fantasy thought it would right and we're not saying if you ever experience or feel these things, like it's it's a bad thing. Like no, comparison is in our lives, it's here to stay, but it's not about mm-hmm. like never feeling those emotions, but it's about not giving in to those negative ones. Like we're it's human. Not living we, there. Uh, yeah, we're going to feel prideful at times. We're going to feel uh, envious at times, but it's like uh, your emotions are a good thing. They are, I've said this, I'll continue to, to say it. They are a good thing. They show you where you're at and you have a choice. Do you want to stay in this current state of this emotion or do you want to move on to one that is more beneficial or not as destructive? Like we all have that choice. Right. So let's like do an example. So like if, so to not live in, so let's just use, let's use what I just said. Yeah. So I got to my reception, not everybody is partying and I, I'm kind of like bummed looking around and also a people pleaser. So I'm kind of like, is everybody having a good time? Like, is there anything different I should be doing? Why aren't they dancing? Like, these are all these thoughts that are going through my head. And I'm like, oh my gosh, is this not fun? Are my people not fun? Yeah. And like, you, go, you just start going down this like stream of, of rapid fire thoughts. 
rapid fire negative thoughts. So like, what could I, what could a thought be that I could, I could accept that this is happening, accept that this is my thought and it's okay Mm -hmm. that this is my thought, but then I need to like drop the thought. Yeah. And then bring in a new, tell me what, what should I do? Yeah. So I have a little analogy here that I think, um, that would make sense. should be super memorable. Um, you should stop, drop and roll. Stop, drop and roll. Drop, stop, drop and roll. Stop, drop and roll. Okay. Okay. So if I'm in this moment of my reception. So you're at this moment, you're at your reception, it's happening. You need to stop. Like you realize like, oh my gosh, I, I am like going down this path. That is a path that I don't want to go down. So you stop and you accept that. Okay. Here's where I am. I'm having these feelings. So you've stopped. Then you need to take whatever feeling that is, whether it's comparison, jealousy, envy, anger, bitterness, whatever, and you drop whatever that that emotion is, but you you have to pick something else up. So you're going to roll into whatever emotion that you want to feel. Stop, drop, and roll. So in this case, maybe you realize, oh man, I am uh, I'm comparing my day against my day, kind of that inception thing that, that you said about, I thought it was going to be this way and it's not that way. Um, and now because of that comparison trap, it's led to sadness and worry. I'm sad that people aren't having a good time and I'm worried that people are going to talk poorly about my wedding and say it wasn't fun. Uh, so you drop those thoughts and you go, okay. you know what? I am going to pick up gratitude and thankfulness, like, or, or we'll say thankfulness. I'm going to pick up thankfulness and um, enjoy. I am thankful that all of these people here are here to set my day. People aren't dancing, but you know what they are doing? They're sitting down and they look like they're having deep conversations. So they must really be enjoying the people that they're sitting with and they have drinks in front of them. So obviously they're having a good time. It just doesn't look like the way that I thought it would look like. So does that kind of make sense? Yes. If there was any delay yeah there was a huge delay i I had to like listen to you you were there was a pause there we're having internet issues today chris doesn't know what's wrong with his internet but there was like this like long delay and then all of a sudden it was like chris talking at like freaking 500 times speed (laughs) and so i'm like got it got it got it got it yes 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 so yes I, i completely agree i think that thankfulness would be a good one to roll into and naturally maybe you do this but sometimes especially and social media i feel like it's just really the fuel to this if you find yourself doing it on social media or if you find yourself doing this alone and maybe you're not in the moment it's in a moment of reflection yeah remember to like stop drop drop and roll roll into something new roll into something more positive you know with chris saying be thankful be joyful it reminds me of gratitude having some type of gratitude practice can also be really beneficial to you because gratitude if you have a daily gratitude practice there's so much science behind what gratitude does for the mind and the body people who are like have a gratitude practice tend to live longer legitimately because they're happier what happens when you do a gratitude practice which let's say what justin and i try to do is every morning or every night we say what are three things that you're grateful for that happened in the last 24 hours I love oh, I'm that. grateful I got to cuddle with my dog or and like legitimately like I'm grateful that I got to cuddle with my dog or yeah. Justin's like I'm grateful that I saw that blue jay out on our porch and I got to take a photo of it and like these are like very small things but they take us back to that emotion of gratitude or like how good that made us feel 
And then because we have this daily happening, we're constantly searching for good things that are happening. Yes. It like it like shifts your mind and trains you to like 100%. look for the good. Yep. Oh, and that's then so if, good. If you're having this practice of gratitude, when you see somebody posting that they got married and their photos are beautiful and instead of comparing that to say what you're afraid you won't have or what you do have you now find yourself looking for good in all the situations so you you accept the negative emotion that comes because it always comes first like justin says what are three things you're grateful for in the morning and i'm like are you kidding me i am so tired right now i do not want to think about it but then i'm like okay there's a negative emotion no, it's actually more me, but uh, it just whoever poses the question, right, either right, right. one of us kind of is like, what? I don't want to do this right now. I'm tired. Yeah. And so the negative emotion comes in of like, I don't want to do this. Well, then the positive one comes of, okay, let's look. So you're scrolling through social media. They post something beautiful and then you're like, what? I want this to look like my, my pictures look like this. I'm worried. Are they going to? And then it's like, wait, look for the good. So you've trained yourself. Let's look yes. for the good. And so it can help you combat those negative feelings when you have a gratitude practice. Yeah, I love this. So we're, we'll, I, we didn't have this down in our notes, but I think adding a gratitude practice to your life, if you realize that you wrestle with this and you're like beginning to accept like, oh man, you know what? I do find myself, I would add this like, I would even add this above drop, drop and roll. Like you probably need to begin to practice this gratitude, um, have a, a practice of gratitude daily um, you need to add that to your life because I really do think it will make a big difference because again it's training yourself it's carving out those neural pathways in your mind so that when you find yourself in a situation that is not ideal your brain you can go okay I'm aware that this is happening I need to shift it I need to kick into gratitude and I do think that's going to be a big game changer huge game changer just in your quality of life in general and this it doesn't even have to do with your wedding I'm going to talk to Lara about us doing this about us adding adding a gratitude practice. You can do. I Thank mean, you so like much a, for sharing that. That's you're amazing. Welcome. I. It's one of those things. You know, when you do things on autopilot and don't realize that mm-hmm. you do them, and other people don't do them. For some reason, I was probably just like, "Oh, Chris probably knows all about it, like or does this or whatever." Because you've shared multiple things with me, like your Sunday yeah. morning, your Sunday meetings, and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And Justin and I have implemented that, so I think I just assumed. But Gosh, you're helps. welcome. It's yes, been honestly you. pivotal. Like it's great i highly highly recommend it even if it feels freaking corny or you don't want to do it like when you do it with someone else especially it changes it there and there's a level of accountability there yeah. like no you got to do it especially mm-hmm. like if he's having a bad day i'm like tell me three things you're grateful for and he's like no and i'm like yes please tell me three things and then he's like oh, i'm grateful for my house and i'm like no what are so what's something you're grateful for in the last 24 hours that's huge because otherwise oh, people will say, I'm grateful for the same my family, thing. I'm grateful for my marriage, and I'm grateful for my car. I and I'm love like, the 24-hour no, no. thing. That's specific. That's good. It is because that gives, it relates to a feeling. You saying, I'm grateful for my husband or I'm grateful for my wife. Well, duh, we know that, but you don't really necessarily sit in that gratefulness, even if you say it, because it's just kind of like somebody saying, I love you. And you're like, oh, I love you too there's not really necessarily always that any feeling of love behind it. it. Yeah. 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 So gratitude I think is really great, but I just remembered Chris, when you were talking about comparing your, your wedding day to your wedding day, the inception moment, mm-hmm. there's also something really valuable about comparing yourself to yourself though. Yes. So instead of comparing yourself to your friend who's getting married or 
their life on social media, it's a positive thing to just compare where you are now to where you were. So something that I really love to do, and this is, I, this is just going to be so beneficial in life. So this is again, a little bit away from weddings, but I think, yeah, a little, this is a little freebie. So if you ever find yourself down about where you are in life and maybe you're just having a really bad day and you're questioning why you're doing things, why are you in this job? Why are you, why aren't you there yet? Why aren't you married yet? Why hasn't he proposed yet? Why this, why that? A really great practice is to like close your eyes, think of yourself at 16 years old and you think of yourself as 16. You're like, okay, now I want you to be your 16 year old self when you open up your eyes and I want you to look at the world that you're, you created. And so your 16 year old self is waking up and being like, wow, this is so I did this. I came like, so I, I, I may not current Ashley is like, I need to be having this successful podcast and I need to be doing this and I need to be doing that. When 16 year old Ashley thought I was just going to wake up and be an elementary school teacher. Right. And so it's like, it's almost it's like, wow, look at how much you've accomplished. Like if 16, you could go back and look at your life now and where you're at now, 16, you would still be blown away that like, maybe that you're even, you didn't have liver failure or something like that or yeah. like yes, anything. Or like, okay, let's say, let's say you're in business. So this is, I'm just going to go with it. You're in business. You start business when you're, you started your business at 21 years old and you're 29 and you thought you would be here by now. You thought you would be making, let's say you had a really bad 2020 and you're like, man, I just had an income cut. Things are really hard. Well, go back to your first year when you started this career. Like, can you believe how far you've came? Look at your, compare your current work to your old work. Yeah. It's very beneficial to compare yourself to, to your yourself. past self. So, so compare yourself to yourself. It's when it, when it shifts to other people that it honestly becomes not as beneficial to you because it's, you can inspire yourself if you compare yourself to yourself. Yes. I like that. Yes. That's good. That's totally a long topic. With, with well, I'm trying to about. think, well, because, okay, let's, let's like rewind and work through this. So it was a negative thing to compare your wedding day to your wedding day, right? Right. I, I would like wholeheartedly agree that that can be a negative thing. But why is comparing yourself to yourself a positive? Well, I think because you can control what you do. And even on your wedding day, you can't control what happens oh. on your wedding day. Like That's what you sure, mean, outside forces. Yeah, there's like, I mean, that's what comes to mind. Maybe there there's might be some other things there, but that's where my mind immediately goes. Like you 100% have control over how you respond to things, how you, how you uh, respond to people, how you act. You can only control yourself on your wedding day. There's so many, there's so many variables that, that could happen that even if you plan for the best, even if you have your wedding, why, which I'm not trying to freak people out, random things happen. Sometimes your dad will split his pants on a wedding day right before you're getting ready to head to the ceremony and a groomsman's going to have to run to Kohl's to pick him up a new pair of pants. True story that has happened. And it's fine. And it's okay. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah. So I think you're onto something though. It's the outside forces that's the difference. Because Because you end up just accepting and it's like, okay, that's what it is. Yep. It happened. I'm just going to move forward. I can't control it. Yeah. So... These are all really great points. And I have two more that I want to hit on. Yes, let's do it. So 
one of them is I think going to be really beneficial for everybody that if you think about when you compare we're going we're going into the wedding we're diving into weddings if you are comparing your wedding to someone else's wedding generally where that envy comes from when you start to go down like a negative hole it's because it's influenced by budget so let's say you go to this wedding and their flowers are amazing and their arbor is like nothing you've ever seen out of this world, the thing you get married under if you don't know what an Mm -hmm. arbor is. And you are so jealous that they decided to do a half moon when you just did a circle. I don't know, I'm throwing random crap out there. And you did the circle because you could afford that wood and your dad knew how to make a circle, so you did a circle. Yeah. And when you start to compare the fact that they were able to rent this huge half moon and they were able to pay for $20,000 in florals, which I've seen occur, you can't compare your $500 floral budget to someone's $20,000 floral budget. So what I would recommend you do in this scenario, if if budget is a factor, is look, if you're going to look up for inspiration, look up just a little bit. And so what that means is if you're doing a DIY wedding there is nothing wrong with the DIY wedding. Not at all. You just need to look at DIY wedding blogs. Like maybe stay off of Style Me Pretty. Yeah. If you've got a huge budget, look at Style Me Pretty. Ooh, gosh, that is so good because what's like one of the big things that brides do? I feel like once they get engaged, they start to follow train. It's like, let me follow so-and-so. Let me follow this dress designer. Let me follow uh, all of these different people that it's like. And so then what is your feed? Obviously, if you're engaging with this comment, if you're harding it, if you're commenting on it, the algorithm is going to go, oh, she wants to see high-end weddings. And if you, um, no disrespect, just have maybe not as big of a budget that it's your budget is what it is it's what you have there should be no shame respect it yes you you take it you accept it you should be thankful for it i'm thankful that my parents can contribute this much and if your parents aren't contributing i'm thankful that me and my fiance have the jobs to where we can provide this amount of money for us to have um but yeah maybe don't go follow all of these super high-end accounts that you will not be able to replicate no, I don't I have think a story. there's anything wrong with that. That's so, so wise. Yeah, share your story. It's a, it's a really good story. I'm ready for it. I'm so one it. of my, well, this also happened to me, but one of my brides that I'm photographing her wedding, she started freaking out about her wedding dress. And actually, I've had multiple brides this year have two wedding dresses and they don't end up like wearing their first one. They choose their first one. And then they have dress regret and they go uh, and they get a different one. And like, that's really sad. That and is a thing. The dress problem is you just dream and dream of your dress. And there's so much pressure on getting the right dress. And then from a freaking media standpoint, there's say yes to the dress on HGTV that we've all grown up watching. Oh. And then you're like, oh so my there's gosh, this outside influence. There's this outside influence. Look at you making these connections. Yeah, that's like. So you think that it needs to be this like amazing dress that makes you cry, right? And then you go take a dress, you you like find a dress, you pick a dress, and then you go home and you're still following all of these accounts. You're still following all of these dress shops. And then they post a dress and you're like, oh my gosh, I like, I think I like that one better than my dress. 
And what I've found here, because this also happened to me, is that I had to unfollow these people and I had to sit in the fact and trust myself that I picked the dress I picked for a reason. And one of my couples, going back, she was having the same issue and she was freaking out and she was like, I don't know if I'm picking the right dress. I'm really starting to have like remorse and I, I really don't know what to do. And I shared with her, unfollow these accounts yeah, and trust yourself because how many dresses did you try on? 10, 15, 20? You picked your dress yeah. for a reason and you need to remember and try to take yourself back to the feeling that you had whenever you were like, this is the one. Because Man, you're spitting some truth right here. There's always going to be another dress. That's yeah. the thing. Like there's always going to be another dress. So comparing your current dress to someone else's dress or a brand new dress the designer just released or a different shop in a different state, you guys, there's always going to be another dress. You know, it's kind of like if you sign up for like, let's say you um, you sign up for updates like on Zillow and you just buy oh a house, God, yes. like you buy a new home, you spend all this time, all this, you know, you tour, you look at them, you try them on, you go visit them and then you find your favorite home. And then you buy it, paperwork, sign contracts, you move in, you're two weeks in and you're still getting emails and you find a better house, a house that you like more, but you've already, you loved this house until you knew about this other house. So you probably unsubscribe from Zillow and their updates. You should unsubscribe from Zillow immediately after you buy the house. It's the, it's the same thing with the dress. Man, this you're is 100% right. This connection and that you shared that. You know me too. I was definitely wasn't planning on that, but it's a good one. I mean, it is a yeah. good one unsubscribe do that for your mental health don't compare the decisions that you made to the decision someone else made or the new options that rise up yeah like i'm sure people battle this with photography all the time i always think that i'm like oh wait they're following this person i love this photographer are they following them and they wish that they would have hired like that's always something that goes through my uh, mind yeah i have to be like okay i can totally understand that. reel it back <laughs> reel it back in mm-hmm. yeah i get that So the final thing that I would suggest doing, and maybe we have something else, but this is the final thing that I believe will help you, is instead of using social media, like generally, when do you find yourself using social media, Chris? Like when when do you open it up? Um, When I'm using the bathroom, Mm -hmm. when I am laying down in bed, right before I go to bed, and right Mm -hmm. when I wake up, when I'm bored. Yeah, okay, so these are all like moments of like, relaxation yeah a lot of times if you didn't have your phone if you didn't have your phone in that moment what would you be doing even like at, in the bathroom what I'd would be you be doing a shampoo bottle <laughs> <laughs> gone are the days I'd, just of be sitting, I'd probably bottle. be thinking is what i'd be doing yes. i'd be thinking about i don't know something i'd be thinking you'd about. be like w- would it would i be putting words in your mouth i mean i am putting words in your mouth but would you say like reflecting is something that you could potentially yeah. Be doing in these moments yeah, for sure like reflecting on, on my your day, day about what's coming up what i have to do yeah that's totally possible yeah so these moments of reflection it seems like i can probably tie any of these times i'm scrolling on social media to be like if i didn't have my phone what would i be doing i'd be reflecting and in these moments of reflection instead now we're taking our phone and we are scrolling through other people's lives right we talked about this in the beginning of the episode uh-huh. And these are supposed to be natural moments of reflection. And so what you can do instead, because we're still going to pick up our phones. I'm not going to interfere with your daily habit of picking up your phone when you go to the bathroom. But 
instead of using social media to interfere with your moments of reflection, use social media as a time to connect. It was originally founded for connection and now we just scroll instead like send private messages to people, actually comment, let's not scroll, let's connect with the people we really care about, especially during this season where you find yourself in this trap of comparison. It can be really beneficial to actually use social media to like deepen relationships. Yeah, that's good. So don't scroll. You want people to engage. Yes. That's good. That's very intentional because if you're like, I don't have anything to say, well, maybe you shouldn't be on social media then because that's what this is. It's, it's a place mm-hmm. where you talk and you should communicate, not just, not just like scrolling in the zombie like state, which I find myself in. Oh, I think we all do. And I think that keeping ourselves from like scrolling in our zombie state can help us not compare because we, if we're, let's say we're scrolling, we have an intentional time for scrolling. We have an intentional time to scroll for inspiration or yes. an intentional time. And maybe that's what you think of. You're like, okay, I'm going to scroll and I'm going to look for people that I love in my scrolling and I'm going to connect with them or I am going to infinitely scroll right now. This is going to be my scrolling time, but I'm going to scroll for inspiration for my wedding. And there's a purpose. There's a purpose behind mm-hmm. it. And I think if you put a purpose behind it, you are less likely to give into these other things. Like you kind of set your mind in this mode of like, okay, brain, here's what we're doing right now. And you're not bombarded. Like, I think you're less likely to be bombarded by comparison or, you know, any of other negative emotions that you might feel. And if those do come up, you're more likely to go, nope, that's not what I'm here for. I'm not here for that. I'm here for inspiration. Stop, drop and roll. Stop, drop and roll, baby. (laughs) (laughs) So stop. You're like, okay. Okay, I'm not here for this. Drop what you were Drop doing. It. I'm going to roll And then let's back roll back into, into the inspiration. I got lost again. Those reels really got me in. Yeah, some of those reels are really good. I know. I have to I, say I, this I have to say this side note about using your phone on the in the restroom on the toilet. Okay. So, we moved we last year we moved into a new rental home. And in our restroom there is like uh there's like a fan, you know that you have in there like you know, you turn it on and it's like, and like gets the stink out or whatever. Okay. So this one it has timers. Like there was like a five minute, 10 minute, 20 minute, 30 minute, 40 minute, like all that kind of, and then there's just the on position. Well, I realized I was like, let me start setting a 10 minute timer in here. Cause Lara's like, you go in there and you're in there forever. What are you even doing? And I'm like, I'm literally just on my phone. Like <laughs> literally just scrolling. It's so a man thing. Uh, if you are married, if you are engaged and you're, dude is in there and he's in there forever he is literally just scrolling or playing a game it's it's people are like oh that's not com-. i don't know what it is it's just about being alone and you just have a moment to yourself especially when you get married and so i started setting that little timer to 10 minutes and oh my god it goes by so fast but what it does <gasps> is it made me aware like holy crap i've already been sitting here for 10 minutes i don't want to give any more time to sitting in On this restroom toilet yeah, yeah because the fan shuts off and it's a very distinct sound difference it goes from being loud to silence i'm like oh well i guess i should get up it's already been 10 minutes that is fascinating that you have a fan with a timer yeah it was it was in here it was already i mean we didn't install it but it's like i kind of feel like i need this in every home now yeah so really if you don't have a cool fan like chris has tell a timer on your phone Set a timer on your phone or like if you're the woman which you probably are set the timer on your (laughs) phone the poop timer 
And then just go give a little knocky knock and be like, hey, yo, it's been 10 minutes. But then again, you don't want to nag. Nobody right. Yeah. So you don't want to come across as nagging. It, needs it was to be interesting, like though. Like I made that connection on my own and I was like, holy crap, that was 10 minutes. It That's crazy. Felt like two minutes. So your so, time literally just disappears. It literally goes down the toilet. So this is Did another. Did you hear my joke? Did you hear my dad joke? The t- <laughs> I said the, t- <laughs> the time literally, literally goes down, goes down, the, down the toilet. Chris. I know. Totally sad. Your dad is showing. I know it is. <laughs> um, dad that jokes. reminds me though. One A tactic Justin and I use, and it's sweet because then we're not nagging in any capacity. What we say is we call it buffering. I don't know where I heard it. I don't know where I first heard the term buffering, but we'll always ask if the other is buffering. So if I notice that Justin is like scrolling on his phone and I know that he said he wanted to go take the trash out, but he hasn't done it yet, for example. Yeah. I'll say, hey, are you buffering? And it makes him aware that he's scrolling and he goes, crap. Yeah, I am buffering. And uh, then he might like buffer for another two minutes or so. But he's now aware that like his aware. phone took him. And it happens to me a lot. Like I'll be, I'm supposed to be working. And because we work on social media, I'll open up Instagram to like respond to DMs or something. And then before I know it, I'm like scrolling and he'll shout out to me from the kitchen. Hey, are you buffering? And I'm like, oh shit. Yeah. Or, or yeah. Or you know, like you know that you're not buffering. You're like, oh, I'm actually responding to a DM. But you don't have to say it. It's better than saying, what are you doing? Exactly. It's yeah. a very kind like, hey, are you buffering? Like, I just want you to know that it's normal that we get lost in our phones. It's yes. okay that we get lost It brings lost you in back to reality and it brings 100%. you back to like being aware of how you're spending your time. It's been one of our favorite things like that, that we've implemented is literally just asking because it's nicer. It's all it's softer. Are you buffering? And a lot of I'm times, learning so much from you too. <laughs> well, great. good. This really doesn't have anything to do with the comparison trap either, <laughs> but know. it's just a little it's nugget from little, Ashley. Little tips, little freebies. That's right. That's right. So, well, anyways, I got nothing else on this topic. I know that like, these like random tidbits came after. So just like to nail it or to nail it home, drive it home, drive it home. We're just gonna we're gonna nail it home. To nail it home, <laughs> we, there are a few things that you can take away from this that can help you battle the comparison trap. You can try to just compare yourself to yourself, compare your present self to your past self. Start a gratitude practice right now, today. Yes, Talk today. to your spouse about it. They may not be, it's kind of woo-woo-y, so you have to... I had to approach Justin with like scientific, like this is going to extend your life. And he was like, all right, whatever, let's try it. (laughs) And he's loved it. And then look up for inspiration, but just look up a little. Look at blogs that are relevant to your budget, things of that nature. For Uh, inspiration. Seek connection on social media instead of using social media to infinitely buffer. And then finally, Chris has now coined something that you can do every single time that you find yourself in a negative thought loop with comparison, and that is... Stop, drop, and roll. Something easy for you to take away and be able to start implementing immediately. You can do that. That's yours. You're welcome. You can have that. Yeah. It's free. That's, that is for, straight from Chris Cerna's mouth. And Little mine, Chris. he literally goes, oh my gosh, stop, drop, and roll. <laughs> It's that's still it. that's still part of that like pastor function in my brain where they like try to make everything rhyme or like have this little I can't turn that off. That's there forever. But I mean I honestly think it's valuable. I I enjoy that that you can look for connections for people and for things to be easier, memorable. 
Yep. That's, that's what we're here for. Yeah. All right, y'all. Let us know what you were thinking uh, about or what you're processing. This is episode three. Um, feel free to follow us on Instagram at The Bridal Breakdown. Um, you can message us there. We really are trying to engage with you guys. We want to get to know you and just hear about how you are processing all of this. Um, so feel free to shoot us a message and just let us know, hey, this episode is beneficial. Hey, your podcast sucks. Don't say that stuff. We'll probably cry. But it would be really, really great to connect with you all and to hear how you're, what you think of the content so far. Um, go and subscribe on iTunes or Spotify, anywhere you can find a major podcast. And if this information has been uh, beneficial for you, um, we would love it if you would leave us a review. It helps more than you know. More than you know. All right, y'all. We out. We'll see you later. See ya. See ya.